This is the God Man Man Podcast, day 17 of 90 days of putting lust to bed. If you're new to the podcast, if you're new to the channel, welcome. We're going through the Bible, looking at different verses, different passages to see what we can learn and implement into our life when it comes to this battle against lust and sexual temptations. We are a little over two weeks in. It's been good so far. I've been enjoying going through the Bible myself. I've been enjoying making these podcasts and more so I've been enjoying talking with y'all in the comments, in the DMs emails, and in person. We're all going through this thing together. We have the power of the Holy Spirit working through the Word of God into our lives, and then we also need the community of each other in order to overcome, in order to confess our sins to one another and find healing in this process. Today's passage is from Proverbs chapter 6, verses 20 to 35. It's a pretty straightforward passage, and it really reiterates things that we've been talking about over the past couple weeks. So let's jump in. My son, keep your father's instructions and do not forsake the instruction of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart and tie them around your neck. In this passage, or in Proverbs in general, we see this principle of a father speaking to his son. And every time I hear that, my son, keep your father's commands, I picture a dad who is speaking not just from what he has seen in the lives of other people, but speaking from his own personal experience, and he's imparting to his kids these things that he's learned. And he says, these words that I'm speaking to you, bind them on your heart and tie them around your neck. It sounds like a, a kind of a weird thing to ask, right? To bind it on your heart and to tie them around your neck. But the more I looked into this verse, I came across a Jewish tradition that is called phylacteries, or the tradition of using phylacteries. And phylacteries were these small leather boxes that in in Jewish traditions would contain portions of the law of Moses on different parchment and different pieces of paper. And you would take that phylactery and tie it to your arm or tie it to your forehead. And the idea was that you would, that the words of, of God, of the law of Moses, would be tied to you constantly and you'd be reminded to meditate on it, to think about it, and to implement it into your life. And that's what the father is telling his kids here. Bind them continually upon your heart and tie them around your neck. I took that principle of the phylactery and modernized it a little bit. I'll uh, write these verses out on my notes app and I'll put it as my phone wallpaper. And many times when I am feeling tempted or feel myself straying away from what God wants me to do, I might not have my Bible on me, but if I just tap my phone screen, I see the verse of the day that we've been going through for the past two weeks, and I remind myself of the verse and the points and the things that I've learned and the things that we've talked about, and it puts me back on track. And I encourage you to do the same. I encourage you to either and or write it out and put it as your wallpaper on your phone because you'll constantly be reminded of it. Why? Why should we do it? Well, verse 22 says, when you go they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. When you awake, they will speak with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is a light and the reproofs of instruction are the way of life. These words, the father says that I'm giving to you are going to guide you when you're trying to walk and when you're trying to move forward in life, they're going to be like your North star directing you in which way to go. When you sleep, you can sleep soundly knowing that you've acted in honesty and integrity and you've kept the words of God. 
When you wake up, these words will speak to you. These are not just words on a page, but these are living words from God speaking into our lives and directing us and leading us. They're like a lamp enlightening the path in front of us, and they are the way to life. Verse 24 takes it up a notch, though. These words are to keep you from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of the seductress. Do not lust after her beauty in your heart, nor let her allure you with her eyelids. Those sweet words that are being spoken when we are being tempted, the sweet words that are saying just the right thing at just the right time, and it sounds so nice, so enticing, so sexy, and we hear these words and we see with our eyes something that attracts us, something that pulls us in, and it's so hard to say no. But in that moment, we have to remind ourselves of these words that we've been going over, these words that we've been thinking over, because it'll prevent us from going down that path. In a, in a previous podcast, I mentioned the story of the sirens, Odysseus and the sirens. I love Greek mythology. And in Greek mythology, there were these mythical beings, these human-like beings called the sirens. And when and these sirens were out at sea, right? They were in a particular place of the sea. And when sailors were passing by, the sirens would call out to them. And their call would be so irresistible, so sweet, that the sailors would hear it and they'd, they'd be drawn to it so much so that they would jump out of the ship and start swimming toward these sirens, only to realize that at the very end, these beautiful things that were calling out to them were actually monsters waiting to eat them, waiting to kill them. And in the same way, the father says, don't lust after the beauty. Don't be allured by these eyelids, these flapping eyelids and these sweet words. Because in the end, what does it say? Verse 26, for by means of a harlot, a man is reduced to a piece of bread and the adulteress will prey upon his precious life. Reduced to a piece of bread. Everything is taken away from this man. He's left with just his, with like a piece of bread in, in, a, in a state of poverty. And then in the end, he loses his precious life. This adulteress will prey on his precious life. Verse 27 and 28, these are rhetorical questions. The father says, can a man take fire into his own bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can he walk on hot coals and his feet not be burned? Basically saying, if you go down this road, there's no other consequence. There's no other outcome. There's no good alternative. That There's no good. It doesn't turn out good in any kind of way. It will always be a negative outcome. Can you take fire into your own chest and hold it and expect yourself not to get burned? Can you walk on hot coals and expect your feet not to get burned? No, there's only one outcome, and it's that you get burned. So is he who goes into his neighbor's wife. Whoever touches her will not be innocent. Men do not despise the thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he is hungry. But if he is found, he will restore sevenfold, and he will give all the substance of his house. But whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He who does it destroys his own soul. The dad goes, the father speaking to his son goes into more of a uh, more, he expounds on the consequences here. And he says that you're, you're, you're setting yourself up to, to reap these consequences of, of, of your life, of the things that you've worked for, you're going to lose. The things that you've hoped for, you're going to lose. The direction in which your life was, was supposed to go will be completely derailed. In verse 33, it says, A wound and dishonor will he get, and his reproach will not be wiped away. A wound and dishonor will he get, 
When I when I read this verse, I thought about the many, many, many pastors who have fallen because of moral failure, because of sexual sins. And I do believe 100% in the forgiveness of God, that God can forgive and restore and mend marriages and mend lives. But in an earthly context, that person, that pastor, that leader's ministry is never the same. It is never the same. This It says, the dishonor, and dishonor will he get and his reproach will not be wiped away. There is no, there's nothing he can do to recover from that in the same way or, or restore himself into the same way in which he was. It's, it's, it has these irreversible consequences. Verse 34 and 35 speaks about the slighted husband, the husband who has been cheated out of, out of the love from his spouse because his spouse has cheated on him. It says, for jealousy is the rage of a man. Therefore, he will not spare in the day of vengeance and he will not regard any ransom, nor will he rest content though you give many gifts. There's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can give. There's no gift that you can give to pacify the anger, the hurt that is caused by this. Obviously, this, this is a heavy passage, right? These are some big, heavy words. These are, it's, a, it's a heavy topic. But before we even get down there, I think the father, when he speaks to his kid, is telling him, let me give you the full picture of what's at the end. I've been there. I've seen it with my own eyes. Let me give you the picture of, of what's at the end so you don't get there, so you can completely avoid it, so you don't even turn on to that path. And that goes all the way back to that first verse that we read. Keep my instructions. Keep my commands. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Memorize it. Meditate on it. Speak it over your life. And let the word of God transform you from the inside out. That's where it begins. Because we don't even want to go down this road. We don't even want to give in to these temptations and slowly let it grow and become something that we find ourselves in. That we look back and are like, how did I get into this? How did this happen? Irreversible consequences. That's what we've been focusing on in the past couple of weeks is going through these verses, not just to read them, not just to hear it, but to meditate on it on a daily basis. That's why I'm doing this on a daily basis, 90 days straight of constantly going through verses and learning and reading and letting the word of God infiltrate our minds and infiltrate our hearts so that when the temptation comes, and it will, when it sounds so good, when the siren call is so sweet, saying just the right thing at the right time, and the the whatever is attracting you is looks beautiful and looks just the right amount of curves, the right amount of lighting. Everything is just perfect, so alluring, so tempting, so just captivating. In that moment, we should be able to recall what the Word of God says, remind ourselves that in the end, there is no good thing that's going to come from this. In the end, it's just bitterness. In the end, it's just hurt, devastation, broken marriages, broken families, broken heart, yours and and others. That's what that we don't even want to go down that road. We don't even go. We don't want to. We don't even. I don't even want to go take steps down that path. And with the grace of God, we can avoid it. We can turn from it. We have the power to to see a temptation and to realize it for what it is. 
to hear the sirens call and to know it's so tempting. It's so sweet. It sounds so good. It looks so alluring, but I know it's at the end of this and I'm not going to go down that road. I know it's going to be at the end of this. I know that this is not going to be closer to the person that I'm trying to be. This is going to derail me from my, my ministry. This is going to derail me from the calling of God on my life. And I am not going to sacrifice that for this short-term pleasure. One of the notes I wrote on my phone here is just the definition of discipline that I, this definition that I read, and it's sacrifice what you want now for who you will be later. Sacrifice what you want now for who you will be later. What you want now is immediate gratification, but it will not be conducive and, and help you grow into the person that you are trying to be later. Keep that in mind. Let's keep, let's start with the end in mind. As we're reading these verses, you know, this passage specifically is, is showing us a glimpse of what's at the end. Not so we can get there and realize, oh yeah, they were right. <laughs> it's exactly how you said it, dad. Rather it's dad or this father is speaking to his kid. Look, this is what's at the end. Don't even go down the road. Let me tell you it's at the end. Don't even go down there. You'll get burned. It's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. And it was something that you will never fully recover from. Heavy, heavy news, I know. But the good news is that by the grace of God, we can do it. By the grace of God, we can overcome. And we will continue to do so. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about Proverbs chapter 7, my favorite proverb. I'm excited to talk about it. I'm excited to jump into it. But until then, let's not just be hearers of the word. Let's be doers as well. Find a friend to talk to about this verse, to go through these verses, this passage with. Don't just do life by yourself. Do it with somebody else. Bring a friend in. That's what we talked about yesterday. Confess your sins to one another. Open up to one another. One another. Weaken the power that this temptation has over our lives. Amen.